Welcome, Pudding People, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. We are your hosts, Richard Geiger and Ken Seymour. Like how I switched it up there? I was confused for just a split second, but <laughs> I, I I got it. I got it. Well, that's the whole thing. We are going to be exploring just a little bit of confusion in this episode, specifically considering what we're going to be reviewing. Let me tell you. We review things from time to time, uh, movies, maybe the occasional TV show. You're a big fan of comedy. You're Huge. a big fan of stand-up comics, stand-up comedians, comedians, however you'd like to pronounce that. But this is its own special thing, and I'm so glad to be reviewing a little special. Let's call it a special. I think that's the best descriptor for it. Uh, Bo Burnham inside. So we're going to be bypassing our normal methodology for reviewing a movie, uh, as it doesn't exactly apply to what we're going to be doing now. So we'll still give it something on the scale of one to a hundred at the end, but it's going to be completely, uh, whatever we feel like. <laughs> That's correct. Um, you're right. We normally do specific categories. But the interesting thing about this particular special is that there is one person and only one person responsible for every bit of everything conceived, concocted, produced in the special. And that is the star himself, Mr. Bo Burnham. Absolutely. Now, a lot of times uh, in the past, and we're going to get back to this, whenever we do a review of something, we do a spoiler-free uh, bit at the front. So if you have not seen it yet and would like to do so, you can get our uh, august uh, opinion <laughs> about said project and then go see it and then listen to the rest of it afterwards. So for this particular project, uh, for me at least, it was not something I was uh, going into really looking forward to watching it, but I'm definitely glad I did. I think it's, it's well worth a watch for, for pretty much anybody. Now, I, I maybe lowered the expectations a bit for you. I saw it before you did, and I told you what type of thing this was. And that kind of, I think, tempered the expectations a bit. But for me, I guess I had a different perspective on this. This is something you should watch and watch many times if you can can and then go to your streaming service uh, for music and even listen to the soundtrack a few times. So it's well worth your hour and a half time. Well, let's dig into this just a little bit first. So the, the most important thing I think we need to start with in talking about this particular special, considering it is all encompassing this single individual, uh, Mr. Robert Pickering Burnham, uh, Bo, uh, Bo Burnham, I think was a smart uh, stage choice. That's uh, a lot to try and get out every single time. Although it's kind of funny, it could still work. But it, you're right, it is one syllable. So. Yeah, keep, keep it simple. But I have been, as he mentioned, a fan of stand-up comedy for some time. And Bo Burnham is always a difficult comedian for me to really get get a lot of enjoyment out of. And it's not so much that he's not talented because that's clearly not the case. He is fantastic, fantastically talented. Uh, he does a lot of music, which for me is a plus. I mean, if, if you're a comedian and you're playing music, that's great. But his presentation in his stand-up generally is already a little bit different 
than a lot of other comedians are going to do. And I have a hard time getting through his specials. I've not had the chance to see him live yet, and I don't know if that would necessarily carry over to a live performance. I have a feeling it'd be slightly different, but, you know, keeps the same general taste. But I, it's when things are disjointed in an attempt to create comedy, it doesn't always work for me. So that's that's where I that's really where I was coming from when you suggested this particular work to me. And I'll be honest, I'd heard of him, but I have not seen any of his comedy specials. So I had no idea the direction he normally goes. I had no idea of his tendency to lean towards music in his specials. I really had no idea uh, of anything about his background whatsoever. So for me coming into this movie, it was a complete like unknown. Let's put it that way. A fresh palette, if yes. you will. So for those people that are expecting a standard comedy special or even something that is created in a normal comedic mindset, uh, you will, you will be surprised, hopefully pleasantly surprised by this, but uh, if you're really just looking for that that gut laugh uh, over and over again, that's really not what this is. This is an interesting uh, exploration of a variety of different subjects. So this particular special I mentioned before is on Netflix. And normally when you go to Netflix and you're, you're hovering over a thing, it plays for you a preview, a commercial, if you will, for that thing. And I had seen a tweet from... Somebody, and I can't tell you who that someone, I don't know whatsoever. I don't remember who it was. But they said something about, I don't know what type of mind space you had to be in to create this movie, but I'm there for it. And I was like, I, it was something I read, but then kind of glanced over. And probably uh, less than a week later, I'm searching for something to just watch at 11 o'clock at night. And I'm searching through the Netflix snippets here and there. And that came up on the deep, like deep into the recommended for, for you. Because we'd watched other comedy specials. And because it was new, that's why it popped up in there. And for some reason, I decided to... And I, I, I wouldn't watch a comedy special, let's say, it normally. I hovered over it. And remembering what that tweet said, I was like, okay, well, let's let's just see. And it played the preview. I'm like, this, wait, wait a second. This is not, no, this isn't what I was thinking this was. Okay, let's let's give it a shot. We'll, we'll see what happens. And I hit play. And I sat and watched. <laughs> time, and, time flew by. And I just got... When when they say for me, now it's a different experience for me because I had to look up in the middle of, of this and I had to pay attention a little bit more because he had indicated in this that it it was him. It was him that did all of it. He edited everything, created all the music. So as I'm watching this, I'm thinking the whole time, every bit of everything that I'm watching is he did this. He staged it. He created it. He presented it. He did all the effects for it he did all the lighting for it he he did every bit of everything for it and as i watched it i was just on the edge of my seat i was blown away because to me 
having that mindset when you when you watch this, it just I I couldn't believe it because it was so good. That's an overstatement. It really is, but it was so good. Well, I mean, and and considering so first of all, having the entire special take place in such a small location that already produces a sense of claustrophobia in in the viewer. And I have to imagine that if he was truly staying in that room, it would produce that for for him as well. Uh, now, even if he's not actually sleeping in that room, if that's just his production um, area, still you're going to be in there for hours and hours and hours and hours. And it's just that would that would definitely on its own take a toll on me. Um, and being able to see somebody that is trying to produce something and either see the act of making the special take a toll on him or at the very least seeing him show that as the intent, as the message to get along in in case it is uh, a created effect rather than something that actually occurred. Either way, comes across very powerfully. And I get the impression by watching this, by reading the details on it, that he really did spend this whole time in this one tiny spot. And obviously you see throughout the course of this this special that there are different pieces of, of equipment. There are different things that come into play. So I'm sure he ordered things, had them delivered, had food delivered, all those types of things. And I wonder if he ever actually left the building or if he, I, I don't know that, that's the presentation that was given to us. So right. if I'm to believe it how it was that he spent a year in this one little place and didn't go anywhere or do anything or see anyone, then that makes it even more incredible. And you, you're right. You can see over time the degradation, as anybody would just your mindset of what you're thinking about and what you're doing and how you're doing it and why you're doing it and why are you still there? And I thought this was going to be done six in six months. And here I am a year later. And it's just like, you can see the mindset just alter and change and just go kind of downhill over the course of it too. So it's just a whole different animal to, to think about what he's going through, how he's thinking, why he's thinking. Yeah. And Kind of, um, I got the impression at the very least that the the production space, his living space, is a bit of a um, a metaphor, an analogy for his his mind in and of itself. So it's structured, but it's also out of order. Uh, things are strewn about everywhere, and. Only in very short periods do things light up and become the thing that he wants it to be. And then sometimes it becomes the thing that it needs to be but it, for conveying the, uh, conveying the message, but it's not really what he wants to be. I mean, so it's really, it's nicely complex. It's layered, um, and I really like that. But it's still funny what it wants to be. Um, the, the track list, he was talking about being able to pull up the songs it's he's got a lot of really catchy songs in this it's crazy so my mind goes to did you write these songs and then do your production around it did you do the production knowing that you were going to create a song like how what was the order 
what was the substance on this? Right. You thought you had 15 songs, but you ended up with 20 because while you're going through and creating this, more things come to your mind. So then you had to write the song. So did you write it and then practice it and then edit it? Like, how did it go? Because if you watch a lot of these, it's not all of them, but a lot of them are one take where he's sitting there playing his his keyboard and it's just him, right? right? It's a continuous shot of him. And if there are different lighting effects, you see him pick up a remote or there's some where he's got pedals on the floor or he has taps the pedal and taps the pedals. Now, if you're in a band and you're, you're the person who is the singer or the person playing the guitar, you have pedals strewn about all, all at once as well. So that like, if you are, if you are an artist in that sense, that is something that you have practiced and that you have done. And I get that. But to me, this seemed a little extra special because the other thought process in these one take shots that were two minutes, three minutes, four minutes long, how many of those did it take for him to get the one that we saw? We saw the one polished. How many tries before that were there was just a snippet of something that he didn't like that he's just like, I'm going to do it again. And how maddening is that to have to do that same thing 20, 30 times just to get because you messed up that one little thing. That's where my brain was going the whole time I watched it. Right. He seems to be a bit of a perfectionist. I mean, I have a hard time just getting through the intro to the show sometimes. <laughs> one, two, three takes. Welcome, put it go. Uh, I said cake, didn't I? Wait. Sorry, let's do it again. And, and if you, it's not just the music, too. Because obviously right. he's got to practice and perform that music. But he, he had a, like a projector in the corner of the room or in the back of the room that would show different things. And he'd have to program that thing. If he didn't have a remote because he was doing something else, he had to program it to kind of coincide with what he was doing so that the changes had to okay. come in in just the right time as well. Well, he did that, if you noticed, in a lot of his shots, he would have this kind of standard effect that he would do that the camera would just slowly zoom in on what he's doing and then sometimes zoom back out. And it's just, I, I feel like it's there to to a certain extent just to disquiet the viewer, to make you feel a little more uncomfortable with what's going on. And, uh, I mean, he even kind of starts off, he, he doesn't lie about what's about to happen. Uh, he, he makes it very clear, even in like the the first and second tracks, that content and comedy, uh, it's it, it's clear his his goal is yes I'm I'm supposed to make things funny for you now in this awful time in this awful way give me give me something and it's just kind of it's it's funny but it's tinged with just awkward and and pain and that's something to touch on too is the subject of these things are all kind of, and maybe I think that's his comedy too, is more of like the real world right. comedy. So once again, going into this, I didn't really realize that because I'd, I'd not, I wasn't just familiar with his content, but it's all about things that are to a point relevant at this time. And he bases his comedy on it. Now, if you're, uh, I, I, I guess you could say if we're, if we're looking at it from a, 
politics side. This is more of a liberal thought process with some conservatives strewn in there. But if you're a conservative person, I don't know if you sit and enjoy this as much if you're a not conservative person, whether politics aside, I just don't know. Did he alienate, not alienate, but did he exclude a certain demographic in this particular presentation? Or do you think he encompassed all the demographics in his presentation? I don't think that either is really what he was going for or what he necessarily accomplished because it's uh, you're you're just trying to show an experience and and at least in this particular special so in order to do that you have to share your thought process and by sharing the way his own perspective his his prism on how he interprets reality yeah he's definitely got quite a few different views that are going to lean more liberal now, I don't think that will necessarily make the enjoyment of somebody that is not liberal any less so long as you have the understanding going into it that, like you said, it's not about politics. It's about experience. And so long as you can get through to that, he may say some things that might be a little bit offensive to your particular worldview, but that's comedy. That's something that a lot of people just cannot get past. That, you know what? Something that is funny to one person is not going to be funny to another and may even be insulting. Because in the end, we either all choose what we want to be insulted by or we have been molded to be able to be insulted by certain things. So, yeah, they're, they're pretty much any comedian that you have is, is going to have the distinct high probability that they're going to offend something with the joke that they're about to tell. Yep. (laughs) No, this particular one, and you're right, I just feel like a lot of these are modern, modern problems, right? Definitely. Which I think to our modern eyes makes it even more funny. You know, part of part of his presentation in this is his age, right? So he's turning 30. And it's about, he thought he would be done by the time he was 30. <laughs> and so like, that's a whole portion of this presentation. So that age group of those, uh, I think applies, right? So if you're in your late teens to, I don't know how, what age range you top out in what applies to a lot of these things here. You know, one of the songs that gets that, that gets stuck in my head is is the the white woman's Instagram. You know, it it it's funny, it and is. how he it's not just the song that he sings because that particular one he pres, he presents like a music video. Yes, mm-hmm. so he presents all the little funny things that you would see on an Instagram account. But if you don't have an Instagram account, do you even know what he's talking about? Do you know where the joke is? You you don't necessarily see it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So if you are not into social media, for example. Yeah, you can ignore the special for the most part. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> and honestly, neither one of us are real big social media people in a certain sense. Not where intentionally. It's a lot of folks that dominates how their daily routines are. Right. 
but a lot of the points are still well made and are still pretty funny. Yeah. Don't forget putting people to catch us on all of our social media to keep up to date with what's going on in the world of pudding. Where are you most active, Richard? Well, you could see some of my activity on our Instagram account. Would that happen to be at Pudding Guys? That one would, yes. Amazing. You know what? That is also our Facebook so you can about once a month <laughs> see, see if you're lucky. Something. If you're lucky, we'll post something on Facebook. We're probably most most on Twitter at Real Pudding Guys, but of course you can catch us on Patreon as Pudding Guys. That's right. Where for just one dollar a day, you can support us as we bring you new interviews, new material, new stuff to make our interviews and material look better. It's just fantastic for only a dollar a month. Hey, Paul, a dollar's not a lot. No, it's, not really. It really isn't. That's actually $12 over the course of a year. Right. Small change to help the pudding guys keep going. And we love our supporters. Only because of this podcast have I become more aware about social media and used more of it. Until the podcast, I didn't even have a Facebook account. I stay. I didn't have a Facebook. I did not have a Twitter. Did not have an Instagram. I did not have any social media. Did not care at all about it. And now I have it. And I can't tell you how much I still don't care about <laughs> any of it. And and the thing about it is, at least for us, a lot of the stuff just revolves around the podcast. Right. It doesn't revolve around us, like putting up. Oh, I ate cheese today. Now, of course, the Instagram account will throw up dumb random stuff too, but it's not about what I decided to wear when I went out the door that day. Yeah. Or, you know what I'm saying? So it's not like what you see on a lot of social media accounts, which you put your life on right. display for everyone to see. And that's not what this special is about. But no. I guess what we're getting at here is that that's the generation even looking from the outside, knowing what that generation is about as well, would find a lot of the areas in here pretty funny, yeah. actually. They're so incredibly accurate. It's it's kind of scary. Um, like you were talking about with uh, the white woman's Instagram. It's just, it, and it's not necessarily specifically a white woman thing, but on the Venn diagram of where things intersect, it does seem to happen a lot and it's and it's and it's at least with this particular song it's not done from a place of malice it's just kind of saying hey this is what's there and it's kind of funny that this is what you kind of see over and over and over again because that's that's the culture right now um so i mean it's at least that's the impression that i got from it yeah a lot of observational comedy right right not not that he's necessarily placing judgment no it's just that when you look at it from a, a third person perspective you look at from the outside kind of looking in at some of these situations that he has these songs about you're like that is kind of silly yeah and then it just turns out when he keeps it's it's just funny yeah. Right. It's not it's not insulting. And you're right. It's not necessarily making fun of anybody. It's just being aware of 
the, the society that we live in and how some of the things are just funny. And, you know, some of it still is situational. Uh, you know, you think about to the old, you're a big fan of Seinfeld, and uh, his stand-up was very formulaic. Here's the situation. Here's the transition. Here's the punchline. But it's always about, I was doing this the other day, or what do you think about this? And Bo Burnham still does that in this, but he just transforms the delivery of it into something different. So like FaceTime with my mom is very much that situational thing. Instead of setting up the joke, you know, I was talking to my mom on FaceTime the other day. Have you guys used this FaceTime thing? You know, he he puts it just in as if it is happening while he is singing the song. And the reactions that those that are technologically proficient might have when dealing with somebody that is not so proficient with the technology. It is I thought that was really quite funny. Now, in in watching this particular special, did you ever come to a point in watching this where you were just kind of like, I need a break? Um, yes. Uh, generally, the gaps between the songs. <laughs> I, I understand, again, because I'm coming from it. I like the standard comedy special i like the 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 art of the storytelling or the lists of one-liners or if you're going to do music i'm uh, i'm going to do the song then i'm going to talk a little bit between and i'm going to do another song and with this one it was here's the song this is kind of funny now my life falls apart until i go to the next song and that was a little little jarring yeah yeah so i got i got a bit of the not overburdening but a, a little bit of the repetitive aspect of it where the songs were different. The situations were different. The presentation was different. And I enjoyed all those, but it was kind of, you're right. That same kind of track. And I think an hour in was a good, good space in a sense to just like pause, let your mind refresh, go to the bathroom, get something to drink, come back and finish the remaining little balance that you had on there. And once again, it wasn't that, that it was overbearing. It was just, it was the same pattern. That's okay. I'm just nitpicking. The sock puppet was fantastic. Uh, it's uh, having that almost, uh, you know, in in a, met, in, a, in a sense, we try to present our podcast, at least in my mind. I, I grew up on a lot of um, radio programming. So my delivery, I very much want to have that kind of feeling of the, the DJ or the host of whatever show when we're talking, um, that kind of a feel. And it, he has kind of that on one side. And then the other side of your blind, here's how the world actually works through a sock puppet that ultimately is just going to get ground down even though he may be correct he's still he's still in a position of powerlessness to those that want to keep things at the status quo it's just really kind of layered how do you do layered with a sock puppet with brain power <laughs> now what about the songs what did you think cuz there was a lot of different presentations there was a lot of different song styles and all of them 
as far as we know, original content that were was created specifically for this special. Well, sexting was okay. It was mildly amusing. That was maybe one of the weaker bits of the show, I think. And uh, maybe it's because I always thought the concept was stupid to begin with um, and am not part of that that world. So, again, if you're separate, maybe it's not as funny because that's just not what you did. But I just didn't find that all that funny. Um, the, the track where he talks uh, about um, making fun of I think it's maybe one of the Bezos tracks that then he reviews it like he's an internet reviewer and then it just loops over and over. That was brilliant. Uh, maybe not. I mean, it's got the song in it, but that that bit right there, I uh, I was incredibly impressed with. Um, Welcome to the Internet. That is subversive. It's, it's a good song and the, the lyrics are just on their surface, if you don't think about them too deeply, oh, it's kind of funny. But if you think about them, it's greatly disturbing. <laughs> and, and you're right about the the music, too. It's just the tempo of it, how it just kind of, cha- like it speeds up. Yep. And then it just kind of slows down. And it was the same thing, like you mentioned before, like the camera. So it's it, it, camera pans in, camera pans out. It's got the different... Uh, lighting effects but then he changes the camera angles and then he goes back and then he changes the camera angle again and then he goes back so like there's just a lot of it's not just the song which is great yeah both lyrics and the music presentation but it's also the visuals that kind of coincide with that so it's like the complete package of uniqueness that once again had my brain thinking like okay so he 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 had to fashion this in some form and when he was performing it he probably got halfway through it one time and was like i don't like how the lighting on this one function i gotta go back and change it so i'm gonna start it again i just wonder how many takes it took for him to to do just that song and have all the angles be the right and the the, the right way and the lighting i i just can't it doesn't work for my brain parts that would drive me insane just on its own but i mean all of the songs the bare minimum were at least catchy um he's talented in terms of of songwriting much more talented than i would have expected because like i said i've seen some of his other work and his other work i thought was okay uh nothing that ever really resonated but this was a a different animal and i i'm impressed um i I don't know if this is something that i would want to watch multiple times a lot of times when i i like a stand-up special I will watch it definitely more than once. In fact, it's one of my favorite things to take a nap and listen to. Um, that would not happen with this. Not not in the least. Um, it's it's deeper subject matter. It's, it's not what it's intended for. Uh, it's not light. Which I wonder how many people were ensnared into watching this thinking it was the one thing and just got sideswiped by it. Like that, that was kind of me in a sense because I, I just didn't know. And I was, like I mentioned before, I was just, it was, I was hooked on it. And the different aspects of his journey, and you see his hair change, and you see his beard change, and you see his demeanor change. So you know it was 
kind of occurring in real time, if you will. And I know that as he, as he was creating this, because at the end he was like, okay, I'm done now, but there were still like 20 more minutes that went on after that. So it's, I wonder if he got to the point where he was like, well, I have an hour or I have an hour and 10 minutes. I really wanted this to be an hour and a half. Gosh, darn it. Now I got to do more things. And that just drove him even deeper into the hole of creativity slash depression. Um, and he mentioned in, in, in his discussion too, that he had a, an, an anxiety. He had a, you know, which is weird for a stand up comedian um, or not weird, but like, difficult and they, those two don't go together he had an anxiety about being around people happens a lot more often than you would think and this was a way that he had developed early on as he talked about for him to get around that anxiety and then he stopped performing for quite some time and then came back right when the pandemic hit so he got his courage he got his strength back up right when the time when they said you can't be around people Another just like a mental blow that I just got to imagine is difficult for us, for, for me to comprehend what he was going through. Difficult to comprehend what he was going through as he created it. Difficult for me to comprehend and to understand when he was to the end of the project, but wasn't to the end of the project yet. You know, the whole that whole scenario is its own little ballgame, too. I have a slightly different theory on this, and this may be completely off base. But my impression of him from his previous work as well as this is that he has a very calculating mind. And a lot of people are like that, especially people that are very um, perfection-oriented and talking about doing the takes over and over again to try and make sure it's exactly the way that you want it to be. And I have this feeling that he had a general idea of exactly how this whole special was going to go. So even though it looks like, oh, I'm done. No, he never planned it that way. Just from the very last song, because he ties in lyrics from all of the other songs into that last song. Generally speaking, most people that write have a handful of different, uh, when, you're, when you're talking about something plot related, have a handful of different ways that they're going to approach it. Some people will really try and let it just blossom out that's the, the distinct minority. Most people have a synopsis already, or a, a, um, an outline already created for the entire work that they're going to do. They know where they're going to end. They just don't know necessarily all of the connecting points to get there. And I think that he knew exactly where he was going to end. And he knew he wanted to link points A, C, F, and L into this final song so he had to hit these strides which in its in its own way is actually kind of a different kind of disturbing because i have to subject myself to this to make this work and do we in in the presentation of him saying like He's doing things and he's got these plans. Or not, he doesn't say he has plans, but what I'm saying is he's got the layout of everything. Do we believe that his plan really was to take six months? Or do we believe that his plan was he knew he was going to have a year? Like, I wonder if a lot of the things, how he had them presented, going back to him being very calculating and, and smart, if he, if that was part of the presentation, right? Like, we're, 
the image he was giving is meant to convey a certain feeling, and although a lot of it was true, some of it was just part of the presentation. It's like reality TV, because, I mean, he's already touching on so many things that are contemporary things that people are living through, specifically through online, but a lot of our current pop culture and the way that we consume our media is so overwhelmed with reality television and the results of watching that reality television is the line between reality and fiction is somewhat blurred. I mean, you'd have to be really not terribly with it to not understand that all reality TV is staged to a certain extent. But like with anything else that we watch, we can sometimes take ourselves a step back and suspend our disbelief enough to be able to enjoy whatever it is. I mean, for me, with reality television, I have a hard time doing that with any of it because all I can see is just really bad writing and terrible concepts. But I still, on occasion, have certain reality programs that enabled me to still are presented in such a way that I can do it. Like, I love, I love watching Chopped. Chop is so clearly staged, but it's staged in a way that I can go, oh, this could kind of happen. Or America's Got Talent. I watched, for, uh, watched that for a number of years. Yeah, no, it's, it's pretty clearly fake. But again, it's staged in such a way that I can, okay, I can suspend my disbelief until you do something radically dumb, which they eventually did. But <sighs> I like Chopped. <laughs> but how it's all chopped together in 30 minutes it's you're right like okay so they cook those things and scene and then it's just like probably 20 minutes later before they actually get to eat and present and tell everybody about what's going on right so i I gotta imagine how many cold items or items that have just kind of taken a turn before they actually (laughs) get a chance to, to to consume them and how that affects the scores it's it, it's the same thing on this because we're seeing it, of course, after the fact. We don't know. We don't know if what we're seeing was part of the illusion. You what, know? what level of reality are we getting? And that that is a little of what I've got gotten from this special. He's trying to blur that line between reality and presentation of something that is a concocted fiction that 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 is just intended to get a specific feeling or concept across. And so I, I want to know where that line is. I, I have my own suspicion of where it is, but uh, regard if you can make me uncertain, that's impressive in and of itself. And I don't know if knowing the actual details then degrades the overall quality of it too, mm-hmm. because part of that presentation is you having those doubts or those questions. Like if my question is, so he spent the whole time in this one place and didn't go out anywhere and come to find out that like once a week he went for a walk and visited his friends and family and then came back and did his thing. Like that, that changes my perception of what was given to me. Um, not that it makes it any less stellar from a production standpoint, just a little less different interpretation on how it was actually presented to me. Yeah. It gives a different feeling. It goes from being, well, this is something he experienced to, man, this guy is brilliant to be able to create this and still live a semblance of a normal life. So, I mean, any way you take it, this is still very impressive. It's just a slight 
taste change as as it going with the chopped <laughs> reference there. It changed some of the seasoning. That's all that happened. So you mentioned before about not like once was enough, basically. Right. Yeah. Um, if you go to his YouTube channel, you can view some of the videos. I'd watch pieces. Yes. Okay. That's what I was wondering. If it wasn't enough that you'd want to go watch the whole thing for an hour and a half again, if some of the individual snippets would be worth going back to. Yeah. Um, what do you think if you were to give it a score of some sort, what position would you put that in? Well, this is always a little difficult because it's kind of in its own category in some respects. So um, that makes it difficult to compare to the other stuff that I normally rate. But just from comparing it in the sense of how likely, how much did I enjoy it and how likely would I watch it again? I mean, like I enjoyed Joker immensely. Joker was a fantastic film. It was dark. I really don't want to watch it again. Um, but it was so good, the fact that I don't want to watch it again is less of an impact. Um, I don't think this program is quite to that level. Um, I would probably give it somewhere in the... I'd say I'd probably give it an 80, 80, 80 or 80. I'd give it an 81. Um, because um, it's, it's definitely... Uh, 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 an impressive work um, but due to the way it was put together the lack of rewatchability for me kind of just drags it down a little bit I think you have to be in the right mindset to watch it depressed <laughs> you know, I, I don't think it's something that as you were so okay so I'll, I'll relate this to what I watch a lot now which is uh, Star Trek The Next Generation you can sit down for 20 minutes and watch some of those episodes. I'm, I'm having lunch. I'm having whatever, breakfast. And I can watch this for 20 minutes. And then I can pause it and go on and come back later and watch the other 25 minutes. And you're good. Right? So that in itself is its own level of rewatchability. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's something you do with this movie. No. I don't think it's something you can like, oh, I'll just watch half hour of it and be good with it. I, I really think it's more of a sit down and watch the whole thing type of presentation. And you're right. That's hard to do. And not because it's bad, but just because you know what you're getting into. Yeah. Now we do. Right. So if we want to, if, if the HBO max, all these cool movies are coming out and you want to watch them again because you want to review the action sequence or there was an interaction and you thought it was pretty funny, but you want to go back and watch the dialogue on it again. So like the Mortal Kombat movie for me is a good example. That one to me was easily rewatchable because you want to pick up on all the things that you missed out on. Are the things that you missed out on this movie? Nah. No, uh, I think you watch it because of the appreciation of the art that you're seeing in front of you. So that has right. its own aspect of it. So you're right. You really have to do be in the right mindset to watch it. And, and of course, I like the movie a lot. So if I watch it with somebody who hasn't ever seen it before, I'm like, 
I really like this movie. It's good. Let's sit down and watch it. And they're watching just like, eh. <laughs> like, gosh darn it. Okay. So that doesn't necessarily change my score on it. But you're right. The rewatchability is a little, a little difficult. Yeah. So what would you give it out of 100? Uh, like I said, I've thought really highly on this movie. So I'll probably give it a 90. A 90. You like it better than Deadpool 2 and The Joker. Very impressive. So I agree with you on The Joker that I've never really felt the need to go back and watch that movie again. And the Deadpool 2 movie, uh, there are two versions of that movie. Yes, there are. So that has different types of rewatchability on its own, and it's funny, and it's not quite as good as the first one, but... It's still fun. It's still fun. But that's... All all the other ones that we've reviewed that had the higher scores, I feel like, are comic book movies. For the most part. For the most part. And those are infinitely rewatchable. I don't think, if you like them enough, I don't think that you can get bored watching them. It's I not don't. something that I want to watch every month. That's not the case. But that's just, a, they're just a different, a different thing. And this one it has a, a special place as a different category altogether. And do I like it better than Joker? When I watched Joker, I enjoyed watching it, but I wasn't, on the edge of my seat, just like glued to what was going on. Same thing with Deadpool 2. And this one, I just was like, I was sucked in. I, I just, no other way for me to really describe it. Well, there you have it, folks. We have given our scores. What do you think? As always, we love to know what your opinion of the, uh, the stuff that we review is. You know how to get a hold of us. Normally, we break into the middle of the episode. This one is no different. We, just jam-packed our online presence information into the middle of this episode so you know how to get a hold of us. Let us know what you think of this particular product. Uh, product? It is a product, I guess. Project. <laughs> well, it's it's hard to call it a movie. Yeah, it's it's a special. A special. Stick with special. Special. Yep. What, what did you think of this special? And uh, until next time, keep trying new stuff because sometimes you can get really surprised by how good something is, even if you go into it thinking, man, this, this may not be my cup of tea. 